This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Booksplode, The Flash by Mark Wade, book one. Every dollar counts And every morning hurts We mostly work to live Until we live to work She said You know There's nowhere else to go We change in rows It struck me I stood around 
Hello, welcome to iFanboy Booksplode. We're talking about The Flash by Mark Wade, book one. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And thanks to the patrons who made this show possible. So for the Booksplode shows, we take a book, a collected edition, a graphic novel, a large-scale comic. A book. A, a, book. a true book. Something with a, it's got, it's, well, sometimes it's got a soft cover, but sometimes it's got a hard cover, and it's just, it's a book. It's not an issue. It's not a, it's not a, uh, whatever the, those words that I don't like. Pamphlet. Floppies. Floppy. Yeah. And sometimes it's a book that's big enough to kill a man, like The Flash, Mark Wade, book one. Or big enough to scare off Josh. <laughs> yeah, who, who begged off. So yeah. uh, Ron and I are going to discuss The Flash by Mark Wade, book one, which is the first collection of Mark Wade's legendary run on The Flash. So if you are someone who came along to comics in the last, we'll say, 20 years or, or less, Wally West is probably your Flash. And yep. the reason why Wally West is probably your Flash is because of Mark Wade. Exactly. Wally West is my Flash, and Mark Wade was my Flash writer. Now, Jeff Johns also did a really great... Fantastic. Fantastic run on The Flash, but he built on what Mark Wade... Started. And so Jeff Johns, the CCO of DC Entertainment, got a nice, beautiful hardcover omnibus collection of his run. Mark Wade, nice little soft cover, because Mark Wade doesn't get along with DC... DC right now, but they they turn things around and is, is and it came out. You know. He got a little essay in the front. So here's a little bit of yeah. history for you. So yeah. obviously in Crisis on Infinite Earths, 1985, 86, Barry Allen, who was the second Flash after Jay Garrick, he died, and his sidekick Wally West took over the mantle of the Flash. And as part of the post-crisis reboot, the only successful reboot that has ever really happened in comics, uh, Wally West was the Flash, and so he had his own series, and it started in June of 87. And it went for 61 issues, mostly written by William Messner Lobes. And now, Ron, I'm going to assume that you weren't reading The Flash back then? I, no, I was not. I did not get on board with The Flash until the late 90s. Okay. So it must have been I'm – I'm, I'm trying to find out the issue that I jumped on with. Right. But it was – I mean, it was – Post Waringo. Oh, so yeah, okay. Yeah, it was it was late in his run. It was it was late in Mark Wade's run for sure. So did you go back and read these issues, or was this reading this book for you the first time you read these comics? This is reading these these issues for the first time. Oh wow, okay, the, so. these absolutely were. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get in I I, I didn't get into like ninety seven ninety eight when you had Impulse right. and you had Max Mercury and you had Jesse Quick right. and the the kind of expansion the Flash of family. the Flash Flash family. Yeah, that's when I got into it. So you and I love The Flash as a character. People who love The Flash will love The Flash because of what Wade is going to start building from this collection forward. So he came on with issue 62 in early May 1992 when I I was 15 years old. And I was reading The Flash monthly at that point. I remember starting with issue 49. I remember this because issue 50, the very next issue, was a big issue where he got a new costume. He got the okay. shiny ear costume with the with the white eyes instead of the Barry Allen eyes. <laughs> that was the end of William Esther Loeb and mostly Greg LaRoque's run. He was the artist. And yep. then Mark Wade, this writer who was new on the scene. He didn't he wasn't a name you knew, took over. I believe he was working in DC editorial, right? Right. He did a lot of the who's who like entries. He didn't really have, and there, in the essay here, he he basically this is his first major sequential. He'd done some Random issues, but this was his first major assignment. I can't imagine Mark Wade, pedantic comics historian, was. I, I find it hard to believe he was writing Who's Who editions. Right. <laughs> Human Encyclopedia, Mark Wade. And so, again, as hard as it may be to believe, even though Wally West had been around at that point for decades and decades, yep. he really wasn't a character that had much of 
a personality or an interesting story. We didn't really know much about him. So Mark Wade, even though he was, again, had been around for about you know five years at this point with his own solo book, Mark Wade really had a blank slate here to create Wally West. So this collection of The Flash from Mark Wade Volume 1 includes, I'm going to read it off from here, it includes okay. The Flash 62 to 68, The Flash Annual 4 and 5, and The Flash Special. And actually, that's... That's reverse. It starts, the, it starts with the Flash special. Starts right? with the Flash special, and then the Flash yeah. Annual Four, and then Flash Six Two to Sixty Eight, and then the Flash Annual Five. Yep. And I believe the Flash special was technically the Flash TV special because at the at the same time, I'm pretty sure because at the same time. Well, it just says the Flash 50th anniversary special on the cover. Okay. I think there was a different Flash TV special that you're thinking of. I definitely. Okay, but it, but either way, either way, maybe not. But it was de- it, it says on Amazon it says that it said the Flash TV special. There, I don't know if it's if that's true or not, but. Um, um, it was. This is around the time when the Flash TV show is on CBS. Right, correct. So, so all, a lot of eyes are on the Flash at this moment. And another thing that's worth talking about before we get into the book itself is that this is a period of time generally regarded as a dark period in comics. Yeah. The early '90s, you had a lot of flashy art, but not flashy, a lot, flashy art, huh? But not a lot of great storytelling. Not a lot of great yeah. writing. It was an era known for style more than substance. Yep. And also, let's be honest, not a great fashion era, which, oh, which, no. <laughs> which is reflected in this comic. But yeah. what I think what's, what's most fascinating about this, so it starts with the Flash special, which actually, I don't think Mark Wade actually wrote. He wrote the, the wraparound. Yeah, he wrote the wraparound. I confirm this. There is, the Flash TV special is not in this. I'm right. sorry, that, that was not in it. But yeah, he, for the Flash special, he wrote the framing sequence. You're right. And then, and then different creators did each story, three stories of telling the Flash through the years. Different because it's a, it was the, and it's the first appearance of John Fox, yep. who is the future Flash. Right. So he, Flash, um, not Flash, Mark Wade, which is funny because Mark Wade sort of it became a very autobiographical comic after a while. He wrote this for yeah. ten years, by the way. Yeah, that that you 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 blew right past that. I wanted to say that. Yeah, that like he started and wrote. It's ten years, a hundred issues ish, right. give or take. Right. It is a epic run that you would never see today probably not other than dan slot on the on spider-man yeah yeah it starts at issue number 62 and he leaves at issue 159 right which is crazy which is crazy so everything that johns did was built off of what wade had created in those those almost yeah. 10 years so the flash special which opens the issue again wade and, and the editor came up with the idea of a villain who through the years fought all three flashes starts with the jay garrick story and then it goes to a Barry Allen story, then ends with a Wally West story. And there's a wraparound story t- that deals with the future Flash, John Fox. And then we get into the, the annual, which back then, the, I loved the annuals. This, the first annual yep. is Armageddon 2001, which is one of my one all-time favorite crossovers, in which this took place in 1991. And here in 2001 became a villain. <laughs> Wave Rider, the character who they've named the ship on DC Legends after, went back in time to fi- try to figure out who this hero was and t- so we could stop him before he turned into the evil villain called Monarch. And in each annual, he would encounter a hero, touch him, see his future, and then try to figure out if that was him or not. And But the problem was, people with multiple books they had multiple futures. So we got all mud- yep. muddled up in, in uh, time travel. But overall, what you get here, I think, is a wide cross-section of early 90s comics. I thought there's some really, there's a really excellent run of comics in here. Yep. And then there's some really 
really terrible comics in here. Well, well, yeah, and I agree. I think I think there's the there's an excellent. I mean, you gotta you gotta understand it in the context yes. of the time, yes, like so. you said, you know, in the in this time period, and you see the beginnings of what Wade could do with this character. And even Wade isn't the writer that he later became. You know, like I, I wouldn't say that Wade. You know, Wade kind of skyrocketed to, skyrocketed to uh, notoriety. I would say after Kingdom Come. Yes, I think that that was really when Mark Wade became a quote unquote name superstar. Yeah, and then since then he's done some great stuff. But you see the beginnings and the inklings, and I like that. You know, after this is. Kind kind of dis- disjointed because you're jumping in in the middle of it. You've got this special which is a nice kind of starter for Wade and kind of gives you like the, the sense of the history but that annual really was kind of jerking but then it's that first story arc that Wade works on on this. I forget the issue numbers but it's basically Wally West year one. Yeah, 62 which, to 65 Flash year one Born to Run which is yeah. start, you know get, he, he gets to reset everything. So, yeah. You know we meet Wally West as a little kid visiting his aunt Iris and her boyfriend Barry in Central City he gets struck by lightning, just like Barry did, and then becomes Kid Flash. And he gets to restart the mythos, including I think he's the one that introduces the idea that Wally's body chemistry doesn't handle the speed force like Barry's, and it's actually killing him, which was something that yeah. Wally dealt with for a long time in the comics. Yep. And as a Wally West fan and as a Flash fan, I never read this, so this was just delightful. I mean, I knew about the legacy with Barry and yeah. and the the lightning strike and and the years that that uh, that Barry didn't tell. Wally, his identity, which right. I find crazy that they <laughs> that he'd be a sidekick and not know his secret identity. So, like as a fan, this was like I, I was just like delightful. It was just a ton of ton of fun. Um, and for me, the art was you know late '80s house style. You know what I would expect from a DC comic at the time until the very last issue, and then uh, which was which was the annual five. Oh, right. which features art by none other than Travis Charest. We'll get to the annual in a second, but for I want to yeah. talk. I want to spend most of our time talking about the Born to Run story because that's the really. The oh, meat. I want to. I, I want to talk about Travis Sherry. We'll, we'll get to him too, but <laughs> okay. Uh, right, the fine. meat of this collection <laughs> is the Born to Run story. Uh, it's yeah. four, the four issue year one, and while Greg LaRoque, or however his name is spelled, is very much in that sort of Jim Aparo DC house style. For me, when I think about Wally West comics, I think about Greg LaRoque because he did most of the early run. I mean, I know that later on you had guys like. Mike Wieringo and Scott yeah, Collins. But when I was a little kid, when I was a teenager going to the store and buying Flash comics, this is what it, they looked like. So for me, this is very comforting. And that's what's funny. It's how, it's how that impact gets you, you know, because I got, I forget, I couldn't even tell you who the artist was when I got on the Flash, but I went back and I read the Wieringo and Wieringo became my flash you right. know what i mean like when i close my eyes i see michael ringo's flash and that imprint and for you laroque that's you know that that totally like that is something that's visceral right yeah absolutely i was actually surprised how short it is i think it's because i'm conditioned now to think every story is going to go six issues and this year one story only actually went four I, I wanted more i wanted him to continue this story i wanted to find i wanted him to get the yellow suit because in the beginning yep. people may not know Kid Flash just wore uh, the same suit that the Flash did. He was just... I know. It's like, poor Wally. Like, Wally, he starts off, he doesn't even get his own costume. Then he does get his own costume, and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> then he really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of Titans and, and all this stuff. Then Crisis happens, and he spends five years just not mattering, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm glad that he gets his due in the, in the you know, starting with this and into the 90s. But it, it, it was definitely a rough road for Wally. But, uh, yeah, no, I found myself, actually, I thought that this arc, when it ended, I was a little disappointed. And there's a lot of elements here that Wade will come to utilize later on, investigating Wally's family life. He doesn't have the greatest dad in the world. His grandfather's an important character. The idea of legacy, not just as a superhero, but also as a family member, was something that was important. So there's a lot of those elements begun here. And yep. I had no complaints about the Born and Run storyline. I was all about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I have no no complaints either. My my only complaint is that it was over. I wanted more. Right. Yeah. And then the next issue, which of course is going to be a, a favorite of mine, is a one shot guest starring Aquaman. One of my favorite versions of Aquaman, and this was, he still had the classic suit. They hadn't changed it yet, but he had the long hair, which yep. is at times long hair, and at times it's just a serious mullet. This is pre-Superman long hair, by the way, too, or like right on the on the verge of it. Yeah. Right? Superman got the long hair after he died, so that would have been in 90. Yeah, so this is pre-suit yes, long right hair. Right before that. Yep. Just a nice little one shot where the Flash is on a cruise. Yeah. Which, by the way, is not the first issue that features the Flash on a cruise because one of the my early issues that I picked up in the late 90s was the flashing Green Lantern on a cruise. Wally loves a cruise. He loves he a good does. buffet. He likes the cruising lifestyle. You know, it's like you don't have to pay for your meals. It's just yeah. all inclusive. And just like, like, he, likes, he likes a stand-up yeah. comedian who isn't quite good enough for the mainland. Yeah, it's great. He loves the disco and the casino. They're just great. I mean, it's it's really the, the vacation experience on a cruise is unlike anything else in the DC universe. <laughs> but also another important element that I had completely forgotten about was that Wally was a character without a secret identity. Yep. At some point, I don't remember when it was exactly, you know, he revealed his identity to the world. So everyone knows the Flash is Wally West. So he's on this cruise and he's just Wally West, but everybody knows he's the Flash. He's like running around at a super speed. And I had forgotten that. So when he's playing tennis against Linda, but he's running back and forth and playing both sides, I was like, oh, right. He didn't have a secret identity back then. I don't remember when that changed, but that was something that was also important to his character. And, and that was very, very uh, modern, postmodern. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know which, which one you want to bit, but the idea of the secret identity-less hero, you know, the hero that's living out in public, um, that was new. That was a new concept at the, for this time period, at least. And right. so it was, you know, and that, it brought a whole bunch, whole host of different problems and challenges. And, and yeah, I mean, and, and the, this Aquaman story, I thought, was a little goofy. Yeah, I'll Totally. Yeah, and a little. Um, I mean, just the fact that the title of it was "Fish Story." <laughs> I, I think that says it there enough alone. And I, I love the cover, though. It's a great cover. Yeah, the co- the cover's got a you know the, the race you demanded, Flash versus Aquaman, and then it's Aquaman saying not because it's 1992, <laughs> and it says warning: this scene does not appear in this issue. And that was a very Silver Age cover yes. and give it up to Mark Wade to kind of, you know, he's, he was the master of bringing the Silver Age into the modern age and merging the two, mainly through the Flash. Unfortunately, I, I can't, I, I forget who drew this cover, but the, a obnoxiously large Flash logo on Flash's chest. Michael T. Collins. Yeah. It also says the race you demanded, which I don't think anyone actually did. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to know who would win Flash versus Aquaman. Also, just, Aquaman <laughs> sometimes has green pants and gloves and sometimes has blue pants and gloves in this issue. Yeah, but. yeah. It was the you 90s. He had like a mood pellet pants. <laughs> but it's a fun little, you know, one shot team up between these two characters yeah. who wouldn't necessarily team up very much. I remember at the time there was a lot, still a lot of tension, like, you're not Barry. Yeah. You know, I was Barry's teammate and buddy. You're not this guy. And that was, they, they mined yeah. a lot out of that. Let's go back because we actually sort of skipped over it really fast. So, what did you think of the first annual, the Armageddon 2001 annual? In which we see Wally West, who has fallen in love and now lives in witness protection, like some normal schnook. Not even able to find pasta. Yeah, exactly. It just you got you got egg noodles and ketchup. It was a really good story. It was really intriguing because this idea of a possible future and the idea of you know Wally finding happiness and giving up the identity and you know living in the witness protection, but then having a powered child. You know, like it, it was an it, it took it jarred me for a second because like I got I went really deep in the Flash lore in the late '90s, early 2000s about the whole future right. and all like because you know because Mark Wade played and that's why a lot of the the TV show stuff now plays with time travel and things like that because Wade started doing that. 
And I just I'm like, I, a couple times I flipped the pages back and forth. I'm like, I don't remember this. When did this happen? <laughs> like, it, like, like it really jarred me for a moment. But then once I got to it, it was uh, it was good. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I didn't love the art in this one. No. You know, again, because it's just that it's that early 90s style. This was uh, E. Craig Brassfield, I think, was the was the yeah the penciler. But uh, from a story wise, it was solid. I thought. Yeah, and what was interesting about that particular story, and so what ha- what would happen for all the young listeners is that back then the events would happen in the annuals in the summertime. So you got one event a year, not every three months, and it happened throughout the annuals. You had like a at least in DC's case, you had like a first issue, and then would go into the annuals, and you have a final yep. issue, and so it was super crazy as like a. 13 year old to be read. Oh my god, this is what happens to the flash. He goes into witness protection, but then you, you know, sometimes you see him in a different scenario. Then you find out that the future is malleable because at the end right. of this story, Wave Rider basically prevents the flash from meeting the girl that would send him off into witness protection. And then I think, I think condemns her to death. Yeah, because I think so too. <laughs> the mobster <laughs> takes her away. And I was like, oh, yeah. so she's dead now. Yeah, so that happened. But that was what was really interesting about it. And he had, had a character like Batman who had like three books. So he got three different features. So you, then you, as a kid, it kind of blew your mind. Yeah. But that was fun. So year one was fun. Aquaman was sort of goofy. The next issue was a Abracadabra story, which is funny because Abracadabra is very important now. Right. And, and Wade said, wait, did you read the intro? Did you read the, yes. uh, yeah. So Wade, Wade's, Wade out and out says that Abracadabra was his go-to villain for much of his Flash run. And this is the beginning of that. Right. Which I which which I thought was great as a Flash fan. It was nice to see the beginnings of, of that. It's also good to see in the future, women just don't wear pants. <laughs> you know, the Abracadabra is from the future. He uses technology. It looks like magic. I guess like a time cop, kind of like on the Flash TV series that the Gypsy is, comes back to bring Abracadabra back. But she's not wearing pants. She's wearing basically a thong because it's the 90s. Hey, it's what happens, you know. I think, well, maybe that's just the uniform, but then you see the guy's not, not wearing thongs. Right. <laughs> and this is actually a two-parter, I believe. That was fine. Like, it was okay. I never really liked Abracadabra all that much. Yeah. I definitely liked the reverse flash and zoom and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff the, more. The rogues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and the, oh, yeah, of course, the rogues are just amazing, you know. But Abracadabra, I, I, I appreciate it. I don't know. Right. I, I like him a little more than you well, do. Well, at least, at least in this particular issue. To me, that issue was the most 90s. Issue yeah, of all of them. Agreed. So then Agreed. we get to the one that Ron's most excited to talk about: the Flash Annual Number Five, which is part of the Eclipso crossover, yep. in which Eclipso came and wrecked havoc for the DC universe. What was the name of the? They put the cover in the wrong place in the book. Um, I, I got the cover right here. It was Eclipso: The Darkness Within. That's right. Yep. In the book, there's a misprint. The cover is before the final. Yes, I saw that, which, which confused confused me a lot. This was notable because Mark Wade wrote with Craig Boldman, but it was drawn by Travis Charest. And I remember as a, I don't know, I think a 15-year-old, 14-year-old, being super excited by Travis Charest. Well, well, here's the th- here's the thing. This this literally blew my mind because <laughs> this sent me down a comics history hole mm-hmm. because I, I I was a huge Travis Charest fan. I, I still am to this day. I wish we had more. He's stuck in Meta Baron's world and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I did not know that he got a start at DC. I always assumed he got a start doing Wildstorm books, no, doing Wildcats. DC, totally. yeah. And so he started with Dark Stars, and then he did this. And I had no idea he was actually a nominee in 1993 for the Russ Manning Newcomer Award. Oh, wow. And do you know who won that year? No. Jeff Smith. Interesting. 
Yeah, I couldn't find who the other nominees were, but uh, I did find out that Jeff Smith won that year, uh, which then sent me down a whole <laughs> rabbit hole of the Russ Manning Award, which you just wouldn't believe who the uh, who the people who've, who've won the Russ Manning. Award, I mean, that's how I feel. It's another whole nother show, but it's fascinating. I, you know, like I had no idea this is where he got to start. So I just like I was giddy reading this whole story. And it was great to see his beginning and to see the beginnings of what he would become because he's certainly not there at this point. He's rough. But it is light years different than LaRoque. It is definitely more of a contemporary 1992-93 style, you know, which is, you know, Jim Lee, Wills Portacio influenced. You know, you see it on the page. During this period of time, this is when 92-93, you know, this is when image explodes. So you – yep. This is the most image-like art you'll probably see outside of Image. And as a kid, I remember having him doing The Flash. I was completely flabbergasted by how that was happening. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because it, you're right. Comparatively, this book doesn't look like it fits with the other books. Yep. And, and, you're, and it's also really rough. Like Even that first shot of The Flash, his eyes are about three inches above where they should be. But yep. you know, this is a story where the rogues, this is also a rogue story, so I can imagine why this is also Ron's favorite. <laughs> so of course, there's a heist. And Captain Cold's sister, Golden Glider, is trying to trick the rogues into helping her steal the Black Diamond from the museum. Of course, anyone who knows Eclipso knows that Eclipso is in the Black Diamond. And so they get they get possessed by Eclipso, and there's a whole big thing that goes on. But And you're, you're glossing over the fact that, yes, it's Golden Glider, Captain Cold's sister, but Captain Cold is not in the issue. And who is, taking, who is using the cold gun? Chilbane. Chillblain. Chillblain. Chill Chill one of the worst. Like, oh, Chillblain. Like, really bad. I laughed out loud. Chillblain is, I mean, we can't have Captain Cold, so we're going to get this other guy. And it's just like, I just love it. I love, I love the rogues. Doesn't matter any era or any period. They're so overly 90s. Chillblain's costume is awful. Oh yeah, you know, like it's just it's it's just it's just it's just a sad the Captain sad... America mask with the head. T- like she she has like a like the Nomad mask. Yeah, he looks yep. like Nomad actually. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does look like Nomad. But, but my my highlight was the off duty Wally West white pants, blue shirt mm-hmm. with the black and black and red polka dot tie, but loosened to about three buttons down. Yep. I don't know how any of us survived that era. Uh, clothing <laughs> Also, he's got the belt with the that's not tucked into the loops, but hanging down. Yep, it's just um, madness. Fashion yeah, I, madness. I, I, I know. I, I try not to think about the early '90s fashion, uh, especially in this uh, in this uh, context. There's a great Flash versus the Rogue sequence. Chunk, one of the Flash's important <laughs> supporting characters, is in the issue. Yep, and you, you get that classic. Well, you know, it's it's a cliche to talk about the Flash and the Rogue's relationship, but it's true. I mean, you get that classic sort of. Hey, you know, we're fighting, but we're buddies. And, oh, there's a bomb going off. Let's all help each other so we don't die. And then maybe Golden Glider and Chillblain are the real villains (laughs) here. And then, oh, who's this Eclipso guy? He's the real villain. Let's work together. Like, it was that kind of, you know, Flash Rogues kind of thing. Which I I thought this was terrific, this particular issue. Yeah, it was great. I mean, this was great. I mean, it was – this felt like 90s comics to me. Like, that's that's why, like, the beginning of this, like I said, felt more like late 80s. But this is the first entry into 90s comics, and I I was like, oh, man, I want more. And then I had to go see if Travis Shore had done any more, and this is the only time he ever worked in The Flash, (laughs) sadly. Uh, After this, he went on to – he did some – he did a Batman issue, did some more Dark Dark Stars – Continue doing Dark Stars, and then in '94 he's over doing Wildcats, and that starts my my love affair. You know, I, I remember that Batman issue because because yeah. 
it was such a crazy thing that this was like, like who is this person? Right. You see, and that's what I love. That's what I loved about it back then because that's a, like the first time I saw Wills Portacio, that was like, what is this? Yeah. You know, and, and, and Sheree definitely had that. And he became a much, you know, like his style just evolved and becomes this like pretty, pretty, you know, like right now, I mean, the closest thing I would, the closest artist in contemporary comics that I would describe, Travis Sheree, another Russ Manning Award winner, <laughs> Mr. Jerome Pena. Interesting. I think is is very you know not in not in terms of not you know, style wise not style but in terms of uniqueness amongst the crowd of other artists yes like you saw what Opeña dropped with you know on Avengers and even on Fury and stuff like that I was like gee where did this guy come from you know like and it's that same feeling that I got with Sheree back in the day especially in contrast right so you've got again I love Greg LaRoque but he's got a very eighties DC style which I love but like even yeah. Craig Brassfield you know Michael T Collins. Uh, you know, Irv Novik, who did the, like, these are, none of these guys going to look anything like Travis yeah. Ray. So it was really like, a, what is happening? Well, kind of situation. And actually, that reminds me of something to go back to the first special. Um, who were the artists on the the three stories on the first special? Because that also scratched the same, like, ooh, because they did the story of the flashes over the years, but they got period correct yeah. Are, are creators to be on it, and that I was that. that so the creative teams were Mark Wade and Mike Parabek, the great uh, late Mike Parabek. Oh, I saw that your favorite. Yeah, did the rapping story. Len Straczynski and Irv Novik did the the Jay Garrick story, which I really like the Jay Garrick story a lot. Yep, yep, me too. This is young college age Jay Garrick, which people remember com- complaining about him being young in Nifty Two, and then Gerard Jones and Carmine Infantino. Yes, drew, drew that's the that's the one. I was story. like, ooh, Infantino. Right. Oh. And then uh, who did the Wally story? William Esther Loeb wrote it, and Grant Mahim drew it. Who I don't know his name, but you know Infantino is one of the all-time classic Barry Allen Flash artists. I mean, this special looked fantastic. Yeah, it really did. It really did. All in all, for a and flash, the cover by Joe Kubert. Yes, yes, a a, a a Joe Kubert, a rare Joe Kubert cover where you're like, I don't think that anatomy works. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, They're flying through space. <laughs> yeah, really, really great. And I hope that. I hope we get the whole run. I, I see that The Flash by Mark Wade Book 2 is already solicited for May, which is good. That collects The Flash 69 through 79, plus a Green Lantern issues, and there must have been a crossover, plus a Flash annual, plus uh, just like an international quarterly issue. So I hope, I hope we get more of these because it is really important. Yeah. Besides them being great comics, besides you, you being able to watch the birth of Wally West and the evolution and the growth of Wally West, again, this, is, this Wally West... Not the Wally West you know later on, but this is where he starts and this is where he starts to grow. Yep. And I hope we get to have these because they're important comics. Four years, if you ask me and Ron what our favorite comics are or characters, he and I, I'm going to talk for you now, but he and I are both say The Flash. Please speak for me. No, no. If, if, you, if you turn and say, who's your favorite DC character, it's without a doubt, first, first not even a pause in thinking, he's a goddamn American treasure, <laughs> it's The Flash. Yeah. And, it, and, and that is Barry, Wally, Jay. Bart, like the whole, The Flash as a whole, that is my DC character. Right. Yeah. And this is where it began. I mean, there were good comics before. I enjoyed them. I read them. I read Barry Allen comics as a kid. Uh, the Flash is a great character, but this is where The Flash as a major force in the DCU, a, a character with a huge fan base, comes from the begins of these books, this particular yep. book. So if you're a Flash fan, you never read the Mark Wade books, pick this up and be prepared. You know, it's it's a very early 90s. It's going to it's gonna get better as it goes. But yep. this is worth reading, especially that Flash year one story in the middle, which is really just just absolutely terrific. Yep. Love it. So, so uh, if you want to talk about The Flash by Mark Wade book one, 
You can go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a post for this uh, show. You can tell us what you thought. If you read comics back then, you read The Flash, you can tell the stories. I remember uh, running to the store when The Flash 50 came out because I was so excited to see his new costume. <laughs> it's basically the same costume. His belt was a little yeah. different. God damn, I love The Flash. I miss, I like, like for me, it was like I had a little DC awakening in the <laughs> late 90s, and a part of it was Grant Morrison's run on JLA, and right. then that fed into The Flash. And there was a time where I couldn't get enough Flash comics, and this, this just reminded me of that. It was just such a great time. Love it. So, yeah, tell us, tell us your Flash memories. Go, go comment on this, on this episode. Do you have a, a Flash memory other than, other than uh, a specific one? Well, uh, I've shared a lot of them. Okay, I think. Just, I, I mean, sure. yeah. I the the I, well, my my the, how I got hooked on the Flash was I bought I was in Toys R Us buying Star Wars figures, <laughs> and and I and they had a uh, they had like back issues wrapped in plastic, um, not dead. Wrapped in plastic. And uh, they had like five issues wrapped together for like seven bucks, and I was like, oh, I'll try that. And it was a bunch of Flash and Green Lantern comics. That's what got me. And it was all Wally and Kyle. There That's you go. Got me, got me hooked. So until the next book's blow, which will be in two months, or two months from now, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. Enjoy The Flash. Go read it. She said, you know, there's no way.